welcome to the AD's office with Alex Larson and Devin Puckett. What's up, sports fans? Welcome back to the AD's office. I'm Alex. He's Devin. And we are going to take you through our takes on the NFL. Week 14 in the books. Week 14. We're here for it. Office hours officially open with Alex and Devin. And let's just dive in. Last week, we warned you about the garbage bowl. The Patriots and Steelers with the backups, Bailey Zappi, Mitchell Trubisky. That was supposed to be the worst game of the weekend. And it wasn't and, close. It so was it not. it wasn't. It so I, was not. We let you down. Well. We we let you down. Everyone or did. football let us down. So many people. Football, Vegas, Mike Tomlin, Bailey Zappi, they all let us down. And more important than any of those people letting letting us down um i think that josh dobbs and aiden o'connell let us down the most but we'll get to them later Oof. that's the that's probably the real garbage bowl but in what we thought would be the worst game of the weekend the patriots surprisingly beat the steelers 21 18 and i'm looking at the well look at the patriots i don't really care they're still bad i'm not i bumped them up from the 32nd to 31st like whoopee yep they're not good nope so look, focus on the Steelers side if I'm a Steelers fan I'm nervous seven and six currently in the playoff hunt but they have to go to the Colts who Minshew mania they've been decent and then they host the Bengals division games are always tough and Jake Browning is apparently good and then they have to play at Seattle which is a vicious environment to go into. And then they close the season at Baltimore, which is a division game against a better team in a crazy home field advantage. Yeah, the Steelers man. could Steelers legitimately could lose all four, probably three of the four, and miss the playoffs with a losing record for the first time in Tomlin's career. Yeah, yeah, that's about what I was going to hit on as well. Here's what we know about the Steelers. We know that their offense sucked all year. Then they replaced Matt Canada. Offensive explosion in comparison mm-hmm. to their previous previous selves. Um, and that's what we know about them this year, basically. You know, that they were going to win those gritty games, right? Like, yep. we, we don't know if they're good or not, but somehow they're going to end up winning more than losing. We also know that historically about them, though. They're, they're going to win two more games to have a winning record. It's not... You like, really I, think so? No, I don't think so, but I know that Mike Tomlin (laughs) sold his soul to a man wearing a bowler hat down an alley 20 years ago. You know, like, somehow they're going to have a winning record. Literally, no one would be shocked if the Steelers somehow have a winning record. Whether or not they make the playoffs is kind of irrelevant. Right. They're not a playoff threat. No, no, not at all. But we've talked about before, sometimes those divisional games, it doesn't mean you you are going to get in the playoffs, but maybe you can knock out your rival. Yeah. There's something there's something there. Yeah, that's for sure true. We see, you know, division opponents knock each other around all the time. Uh, we saw it with the Bears and the Vikings a couple weeks ago. We saw it with the Bears and Lions this past week, obviously. It, yep. It gets fluky in the division. Um but yeah, at the end of the day, I do I expect it to happen? No, but I kind of also 
still think it's going to happen and that the Steelers are going to end up with a winning record because they just always do. Cat always lands on its feet. But I've got a I've got a hypothetical for you though. All right. So you mentioned Gardner Minshew. Yep. If he was playing for the Steelers right now, how many games would they win? Of these last four? Yeah. I still think two at best. Really? So I don't think I don't think they beat the Ravens, period. Right. I don't think it matters. Kenny Pickett could be in, and I don't think it matters. The Bengals and Seahawks games both bug me a little bit. I think they, at home, can handle the Bengals better than on the road against Seattle. Seattle is the one that makes me think that they could take three of the final four if they had a better backup in place. Seattle's lost four or five in a row now. They are tumbling, and I bet that Mike Tomlin is kind of licking his chops, saying, man, I'm going to win a couple of these games to keep my streak alive, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to invest in a backup quarterback, maybe a starting quarterback for next season. Yeah, maybe. I also see, I mean, you're right, Seattle tumbling, they've lost four in a row, but two of those were against the Niners. Sure. And then the another one was against the Cowboys. Sure. Those are top-tier teams. Uh, they do have to play the Eagles this coming week, so I'm guessing it's going to be five in a row. So when the Steelers and Seahawks meet in a couple weeks, Seattle is likely, well, both teams, likely playing for their playoff lives. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true. I... You know, I said it at the beginning of the season, and I've tooted my own horn the whole way, talking about the Seahawks. They they got swept by the Rams. Mm-hmm. They beat Detroit by essentially a coin flip. You know, swept by the Niners handily, which the Niners have destroyed everyone handily, so long as Brock Purdy has a working brain and Trent Williams and Debo Samuel are playing. Yep. Man, I think the Seahawks are, are on fraud watch. It'll be really interesting. We're probably going to have to wait until the offseason to have that conversation. But Geno Smith, who spent his entire career prior to Seattle as a low-grade starter, good backup. Right. Had a phenomenal season in Seattle. Yep. And the Seahawks basically had no choice but to pay him and to make him the starter. He played too well to cut him and move on. Right. But his track record really, really looks like a low-grade starter, good backup. Yeah, you're you're spot on. It's like, did the Tiger really change his stripes? That's kind of what we thought last year. And yep. the contract, like you mentioned, it wasn't huge money. It's not like they said oh, we think you're Mahomes now, you know? Right, but they said, we think you're the starter. Right, for the the foreseeable future. I will say, Michael Penix, he's there, he's in Washington. He's yeah. not going to be a top 10 draft pick. He's probably not going to be a top 15 draft pick. Yeah. He, he could uh, go and be a kind of hometown hero. I won't be shocked if they are looking at quarterbacks in April. Would not shock me for a second. No, I I don't think the Tiger changed his stripes. I think he just looked better hunting in a new jungle for a year. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good way of putting it. Another team 
probably possibly pending Kirk Cousins and if he's going to take a pay cut. I oh. could be looking at quarterbacks in April. That's your Vikes. Oh, it's not a question. The Vikings are looking for a quarterback, and they are on their fourth quarterback of the season this week, benched Josh Dobbs, and I'm not going to take away from the fun that his story has been. And right, he's he's a backup quarterback. We knew that. Yes. And so the Vikings have a carousel of backup quarterbacks. Nick Mullins is stepping in now to start with a very interesting stretch of games for the Vikings. They won probably the worst game of the season as far as watchability. It was a 3-0 victory over the Raiders. They scored in the final two minutes of the game, kicked a field goal. Missed a field goal earlier in the game, so, I mean, it could have been 6-0. to zero. It was just atrocious. It was atrocious. Yeah, that, that game was disgusting. It made me actively want to bash my head against a wall. It was just gross. And it was, you know, like when something's so bad that you can't look away? Yeah, it was kind of like that. Except I think it was worse than that because I did look away. Yeah, yeah, that checks out too. It was like when you see a score like that, you're kind of like, oh, man, heck of a defensive performance. Those guys, they were out there busting their butts. Man, that's awesome for, for yep. the defensive players. And people don't appreciate that very very often. Totally. That's not what happened, though. It was just that everyone was so terrible. It's not like you were watching the defense and you were like, holy crap, those guys are playing out of their minds. They allowed zero points, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no. No, the Raiders' offense is just also super terrible. And the the defenses were decent. They were fine. There are, there are some superstars on both sides of that. I mean, Harrison Smith and Daniil Hunter and undrafted rookie Ivan Pace Jr. Ivan Pace did show out. That's a fact. Like, the Vikings have some ballers. Max Crosby is on a terrible team putting up historic numbers. Right. So it was good defense. And just pitiful offense. Yeah, yeah. Ivan Pace absolutely showed out. That's true. The undrafted free agent definitely is making a name for himself. He He's earning himself a paycheck for sure. Um, he had the game-winning interception, I think. Yep. And he also had a sack earlier in the day right before halftime. I think he yeah. took the game to halftime, actually. Yeah, he did. Closed out the half and closed out the game, and he had double-digit tackles just all over the field, which is kind of crazy for an undrafted guy to not get any hype in that draft process and come in. And yeah, he was kind of forced into the starting role um, with the injury to Jordan Hicks a few weeks ago, and he's owned it. Well, but even before that, he's playing such significant snaps, and Brian Asimov has also been like a massive disappointment, as I've gone on record to say have most of Quezzy's draft picks, but specifically Ivan Pace showing out. That guy's a stud. Yeah. I would love to have him in Honolulu Blue one day. <laughs> <laughs> now, he, he's been a lot of fun to watch. The I think the defense, if the Vikings keep this unit and keep Brian Flores as the defensive coordinator, they're in decent shape. They're statistically a top five defense this year. Huge improvement from last year. The offense is just so inconsistent. You obviously have to look at it through the lens of they lost Kirk Cousins. That's massive. They also lost Justin Jefferson for technically seven games, but then also like 90% of this game. Yep. 
So they've got to make some change. Going with Mullins is interesting. I saw a stat earlier in the week that through 17 career starts, which is Nick Mullins' entire career, he has the exact same amount of yards and one less touchdown as Andrew Luck through 17 games. I'm not saying they're the same guy. Sure. I'm not saying Nick Mullins is an all-time prospect. I'm not saying he is going to be the face of the franchise. I'm just saying he's been he's been like actually decent as yeah. a backup. He was with the Niners for a while, which is an interesting connection. Mullins actually had the same injury that Brock Purdy had, the torn UCL in his elbow. And so they didn't overlap with their time in San Francisco, but Mullins had reached out. I think it was Mullins reached out to Purdy and basically just said, hey, I've been here. I've had this injury. I promise you can recover. Take your rehab seriously. But he also told him it probably takes about half a season before you'll start to feel good again. And that was something that Purdy mentioned in the last couple weeks that he is finally feeling like his elbow's back to full strength, which I'm not even going to dive in deep just at as an aside, the Niners got a big win, 28-16 over the Seahawks. It's a divisional win. They're rolling. We've mentioned it. I don't think it really warrants a whole lot of discussion. If the Niners are healthy, they're the team to beat in the NFC. Point Not blank. only the NFC, but the NFL. Brock Purdy, again, staying on top of MVP odds. It's pretty much a race between him, Dak, and Tyreek Hill at this point. Yeah. It's, gosh, do I have to beat? beat a dead horse again here like the kid's showing out and if he's only just now starting to feel 100 percent again oh yeah sorry the Niners are winning the Super Bowl and it's not going to be close it will be really interesting they have some I don't want to completely disrespect NFL franchises but the Niners have some cupcakes they've got the Cardinals and Commanders and a season finale against the Rams that may or may not matter whatsoever for either team so yeah. it'll be interesting to see how the Niners close out the season. Their only real challenge, they are hosting the Baltimore Ravens on Christmas Day. That's a big matchup and a very likely Super Bowl preview, so that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely in the cards for the Super Bowl right now. The Ravens, they just barely squeaked by this past weekend with an overtime punch return touchdown for the win over the Rams. That was pretty nuts. Yeah. No one thought the Rams were going to be close though, right? And the Rams kind of needed it for their playoff hopes to stay alive. They did. Ah, that's going to be so interesting to see if they can make it in. If the Rams don't make it, I don't think the Seahawks are making it either. I think only one team from the West goes in for the first time in a while. Yeah, it's kind of crazy what had been the perennial strongest division in football in the NFC West, it's basically just the Niners now. Everybody else is kind of not relevant. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Matthew Stafford is balling right now. Oh, yeah. And nobody wants to go up against Stafford in the playoffs. If it's one game wild card, your life on the line, you don't want Stafford on the other side. Because, yes, the Rams may not be a huge Super Bowl threat, but Stafford still has enough in the tank to absolutely gut you yeah. on a given Sunday. Yeah, he is tearing it up at this moment. Historically, you know, we talked a lot about Geno Smith. Historically, Stafford lost first game of the playoffs very often, right? Yep. That was in Detroit. 
with the Rams. He's made the playoffs once and he won the Super Bowl that year. So, yeah, let's let's not count them out quite yet. That's true. Before we wrap on the NFC North action, um, shout out to the Giants for the <laughs> upset of the Packers. We can deal with the ramifications of what it does for draft order. and But as it stands, by losing to the Giants, choking on primetime television, it makes the Vikings pretty securely the sixth seed in the playoff race. They have a whole game of margin right now. And and it's just, it, it warms the heart of Viking, Lions, and Bears fans. Yeah, everyone loves watching the Packers lose, right? It just it Everyone, feels good universally across the globe. It's pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I just. But on the other side of it, Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Not Danny. Not Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> but like, kinda. If Danny DeVito were like a foot and a half taller, and had more exciting hand motions. All the hand motions. Tommy DeVito with all the hand motions. And if you didn't watch the broadcast, just go ahead and after you're done listening to the podcast, do a quick search for Tommy DeVito's agent. Classic. It's the most Italian thing I've ever seen. It was hilarious. It was so good. And like even like he's walking the, around with chicken cutlets in his briefcase. They Saquon Barkley has officially nicknamed Tommy DeVito uh cutlet devito or tommy cutlets or something like that it is hilarious i am cracking up it's the most like italian mobster movie-esque thing that you could possibly ask for even the camera's panning to the crowd and you see tommy devito's dad grabbing the guy next to him to give him a kiss on the cheek as tommy devito you know throws a touchdown ah it's awesome the agent is family la familia it's awesome i love it Packers fans look away. Your guys' playoff hopes just got slightly smaller. The win over Detroit still helps you quite a bit. Not only is it a division yeah. win, but also it's obviously then a conference win, which is a tiebreaker in a lot of different scenarios. So yeah. you're not it officially out of it. Right. No, and it's it's interesting because the Vikings now with Nick Mullins, there's a I we've said it, you can't really tank. There's an argument to be made that the Vikings are better off not winning another game. Because with Nick Mullins as your quarterback, or Josh Dobbs, or Jaron Hall, I don't care, the Vikings are not winning the Super Bowl. Right. We, we talked about it last week, a couple weeks ago, that luck is a factor. There's no amount of luck that makes this Vikings team win a Super Bowl. Yeah. There just isn't. So would you rather have a top 10 pick? Because if the Vikings lose out, they're probably picking right at number 9 or 10. I think seven wins is just too many at this point. Yeah, but I mean, if you're looking 9, 10, even 11, 12, you mentioned uh, Michael Penix is probably not a top 10 pick. There yeah. are going to be quarterbacks there. and Oh, for sure. If you really want a specific Drake May, Caleb Williams, it's a lot easier to buy your way up from 10, 11 to you know, True. two, three, than buy your way up from 25. Yeah, yeah, that definitely holds some truth to it. Buying your way up that much is going to cost you many first-round picks, going from 
thirteen fourteen to number two. Yeah, it'll cost you a first. Your first this year, obviously, that's going to be included yep. no matter what. Your first next year, and if you're following what the Panthers uh, asked or what they gave up, then a premier player. And so, I was I was just going to say you throw Daniil Hunter in that trade. Yeah, you've got a package. Right. You've got something that you can actually make a move. So, I don't know, Vikings fans, winning is fun, and long game, losing is probably not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. For you, though, as a Lions fan, losing is is not good. This is not the time to be losing, especially to the Bears. I don't – I'll let you vent. (laughs) 28-13 to against the Bears is – Kind of a brutal loss. It. Here's the thing about what happened in this game. I said going into this game even, I don't think that this is a Lions lock. The Lions have regressed yeah. pretty heavily the last month. They went from being debatably... Some people had them as literally the best team in the NFL a month ago. Yeah. Now they are probably a top 10 team. Probably, but it's a question. Yeah. Yeah. And so now it's like the Lions have regressed heavily. The Packers, until a few days ago, they were playing their best ball of the season. The Vikings, two weeks ago, they were playing their best ball of the season. Yep. You know, maybe not two weeks ago, but three weeks ago, certainly. Yeah. You know, right now, the Bears, they're playing the best ball of their season. Losing a couple of these division games is very possible. It's obviously already happened for Detroit. Uh, schedule makers did them no favors. I think it's five of their final seven games are division opponents. That's going to be tough no matter what. Losing to the Bears is tough, but also I think reasonable considering how the Bears have been pretty darn decent as of late. Yeah. Oh, man. it It's a blow for sure. The Lions playoff odds dropped from... 91 to like 88 or something like that their division winning odds dropped from i think 95 to 87 it's still their division their their destiny is kind of in their own hands but if they lose out they're guaranteed a playoff spot basically they haven't clinched now but but, like virtually they, they i don't think the lions well, if they lose out and a whole bunch of other unprecedented right. things happen, but they're almost guaranteed a playoff spot. The division's not as tight as, as we thought it would be by this point. Um, we, I mean, we we both thought the Lions would have it wrapped up by now. Yeah, and but at the end of the day, I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, if they don't win another game, they're probably still in the playoffs. Yep. And as bad as they've played the last two weeks, I'm also like nine and four. Yeah. And what no, world is good. nine and four bad? That's a good point. And you know, and so that's point. kind of that's kind of where my brain is at. It sucks. Should they, in theory, be, you know, eleven and two or even twelve and one with? Yes. Yeah. But nine and four is nothing to be upset about. Do you think they are also? On the hunt for a quarterback come April? I don't. Um, Jared Goff, the last couple of weeks, Jared Goff has played the way that Jared Goff played in 2021, which was abysmal. That's a great word for it. But 
they took Hendon Hooker in, I think the second round, it might've been the third. Hendon Hooker, prior to his ACL injury in college, he was a top 15 to 20 pick in last year's draft. Yeah. He's yeah, mobile. He's got a cannon. He played in a pro style offense in Tennessee. Uh, Alex Smith, anyone? Is Jared Goff not the perfect comparison to him? That's not me saying Hendon Hooker is Patrick Mahomes. I don't think he is. I don't think anyone's right. Patrick Mahomes. No. One of one. One of one. But I don't want to just sell my stock in Hendon Hooker quite yet, you know? If you take yeah. someone in the first three rounds, you want them to be a starter. It's true. There's obviously a couple knocks on Hooker. I think the biggest one is, and we say that age doesn't totally matter, but he is 25 and has never played an actual down of professional football. Jared Goff's only 29. So he's yeah. only four four years older, and Goff has been around for a while. Right. So that is something to consider, but I I agree. I think the Lions will give Hooker a shot before they'll go after another name. But, man, it is, it's a tricky line to walk when you have a roster that is good enough to win and you don't want to lose your opportunity. Yeah. I... While Goff has been bad the last few weeks, I'm also looking at it as, as far as coaches go, Ben Johnson is currently the golden boy of all coordinators in the NFL. He's the Lions offensive coordinator. We've talked about that he is the number one head coaching candidate of this cycle. He sucked this week. He was terrible. It's true. He had some, yeah. No, it was not, it was not a well-called game. No, no, he was... Very, very bad. So I don't think it's all on Goff. I also think it's going to make people question whether or not they want to hand him the reins to their NFL team next year um, when he's had a stretch of games calling plays the way that he did this last week. Um, so I think he's going to stick around. That'll probably be good for both him and the Lions, even though he's having some growing pains right now. Overarchingly, I'm not too concerned. Nine and four. Yeah, nine and four. We'll see. The Lions are going to have a good test. Obviously playing the Vikings twice in the next month. Also playing the surging Broncos and the Cowboys. So we'll kind of get to see what the Lions are made of. They have some real opponents coming up. Definitely. That is for sure true. So this weekend was a stinker, but hey, sometimes it happens. You throw it away. Something else that I wish we could throw away, uh, the NFC South. All of them. Garbage. Yes. Goodbye. The... Buccaneers beat the Falcons this weekend, which means that the entire NFC South has a losing record. In fact, the Bucks, Falcons, and Saints are all sitting at 6-7, and seven, and then the Panthers are sitting at, out of the playoffs at the very, very bottom of the league. It's, it's bad. It's ugly. It's not—there's not, there's no redeeming quality. I can't come up with any scenario where I'm scared of any of those teams. No, no, not at all. Not right now with their current versions of themselves. So I don't know what to make of the NFC South and why it's so bad just across the board. I think they, I was thinking about that same thing. And I think the conclusion I've come to is that they all just have terrible coaches. You know, the Panthers don't even have a real head coach right now. They have an valid. interim. Okay. Yep. Todd Bowles, when he doesn't have Tom Brady, he's been actively a bottom three head coach in the NFL. True. Absolute garbage. Dennis Allen has accomplished nothing in the NFL. 
True. And then Arthur Smith, we all know about the ineptitude Goodness that is him. gracious. Yeah. They're, they're all garbage. It's not that they have super terrible teams. It's that they're run by terrible football yeah. minds. Yeah, and we, we talked about earlier this season, we probably will do an off-season coaches power ranking of sorts. There are a handful of coaches that just do not have what it takes to coach in the NFL. Right. Which is actually a decent segue to talking about the Chargers and Brandon Staley. Uh, shout out to the unemployment office application coming soon. But the Broncos are back from the dead, ripped the Chargers to shreds, 24 to 7. Broncos sitting at 7 and 6. They're suddenly in the playoff hunt. And the Chargers can go ahead and pack their bags. Herbert broke his dominant index finger, surgery already done. He's out for the season. Yeah, tough luck, bud. That's it. The Chargers are stick a fork in them. Season's over. Right. The Broncos, I still don't think they make the playoffs. I think that I think they dug themselves too deep a hole to start the season. Well, here's what's tough though. At the moment, they're not only at the moment, mm-hmm. they're not only looking at playoffs, they're looking at their division. The Chiefs, I think, are eight and five. Yeah, it, but I think the only way the Broncos get in is if they win their division. I think just the strength of the AFC as a whole with how good the Browns are and with the Jags and Texans, the wild card spot's probably not going AFC West. Maybe not, but you've got the Texans getting annihilated by the Jets this weekend. The Jags, I believe they lost this weekend. It's, it's looking tough for... That division might only send one from the AFC South. Which we actually expected going into the season. Right. We really we thought it would be the Jags and that the Texans, after picking uh, C.J. Stroud so early in the draft, we didn't think the Texans were going to have a chance this year. True. It's They've been a pleasant surprise. Yeah, yeah. No one expected C.J. Stroud to come out and have debatably the greatest rookie quarterback season of all time. But here it is happening. They could yeah. be getting into the playoffs. Got dominated by the Jets this week. AFC's wide open. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. And the Texans-Jets game, I think there are two really interesting quarterback stories coming out of it. One, C.J. Stroud left with a concussion late in the game. Yep. If he misses time, the Texans' playoff odds plummet. Yeah, they're out. They're they, done. They are built on him. On the other side, the Jets are basically already out of it, and... Zach Wilson in a game that doesn't really matter, playing for a team that doesn't really want him, comes in and goes for 300 yards, two TDs, and I don't know who he's auditioning for, but he's coming for your job, and he's coming for your mom, and he's going to make something happen. Yeah, I I don't know if I can say it better than the way he said it himself. And that's in one of his interviews. He said, yeah, I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to give it my all. What are they going to do, bench me again? And it's like, you know, dude's got a point. He's been benched dude's got twice now. Like, well, several times going back to last season. Yeah. No, I literally, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah, just go out and sling it, man. Way to get it done this weekend. I'm I'm pulling for you, bro. And we know the reality of first-round quarterbacks. He's going to get another opportunity, whether he hangs Probably. on in New York post-Rodgers or if the Jets move him or – 
he's going to get another chance as a starter somewhere. Yeah, yeah, probably. We'll find out where that is. If it's somewhere else, current reports say that the Jets have already made the decision to move on from him. That sounds a little bizarre to me, considering that they have him for smaller than most other contracts for another two years. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Another interesting quarterback situation, Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott. We When they played earlier in the season, it was the first time, I think, first time in their careers that they'd played each other. First time, time. first time in like two or three years because they'd both missed games. Yep. And so here they are playing for the second time this season. And it was not particularly close. The Cowboys just dominated the Eagles in every way. It was 33-13. And the 13 is deceptive because it looks like the Eagles had a little bit of fight. They didn't. It was a defensive scoop and score by the likely defensive rookie of the year, Jalen Carter. Big boy can move. Yeah. But, the I mean, the Cowboys just tore it apart. Dak looked like an MVP, and yep. Jalen Hurts looked very average. Yeah, there's a reason why Dak is tied for MVP odds, right? That dude is balling right now, playing by far the best football of his career. The Cowboys looked like the Cowboys of two months ago, where... They were dominant scoring in all three phases of the game. It just, they went off. And, you know, those two teams now are tied for the best record in football. Yeah, and it's crazy that we talk about the NFC North and the Lions we think are going to win the division. Well, we're not sure about the NFC East. The Eagles and Cowboys, are they're both making the playoffs. Almost a lock. Not officially, officially, but like basically. Yeah. I don't. I don't know who's going to win the division because the Cowboys theoretically are the worst team, but they owned the Eagles this weekend. Yeah, looking at it right now, there are three 10-win teams in the NFL at the moment. It's the 49ers, the Cowboys, and the Eagles. One of those teams is going to be a five seed, and one of those teams is going to be a one seed, and we don't know which of the three it's going to be. It's crazy that, yeah, hmm. It's crazy that the Atlanta Falcons or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will get to host one of those teams. Yeah, we can like chalk that up as an L already for the NFC South and just push either the Cowboys or the Eagles into the divisional round of the playoffs because yeah, that's what's much. happening. Yeah, it's going to be just Slaughterville in Atlanta. But hey, we'll still watch it. That's what we do. We watch drama. Yeah. Yeah, and there was a lot of that in the Chiefs versus Bills rematch. Oh, yeah. Man, I am not a Patrick Mahomes hater. I have gone on record to say that yep. I was pro Mahomes before he was on the Chiefs. You were. Texas Tech, Big 12. I loved him as a prospect. Dude, you looked so dumb this weekend. Yep, and I literally a week after I said on the pod that I have been so impressed with how Mahomes has handled questions about refing all season. Yeah, not this time. No, he just went off. He was had teammates holding him back on the sideline from attacking a ref. He was just cussing him out left and right. He threw a fit in the postgame presser. And I don't I don't like any of that. I don't have a whole lot of respect for how he handled any of that. To his credit, he did come out and apologize and did say I was out of line. It was heat of the moment emotion. I should not have done that. You can't treat people like that. So he gets a little bit of credit for owning it after the fact. For me, the biggest issue was 
on field right after the game during the handshakes. He went yep. over to Josh Allen. Josh says something to the extent of, you know, good game. And Mahomes responds with, that was the worst call I've ever seen. Yeah. Like it's, and like it's Josh's fault. I get that they're like buddies and they're friends and they're each other's legitimate rivals. It's those two and Joe Burrow are kind of the three perennial talks for best yeah. quarterback in the league. So I get that they're buddies and they probably talk in the off season and they compete against each other. But what did you expect him to say, man? Did you expect Josh Allen to say, oh, yeah, I wish you won? Like, what? No, no way, dude. Not a chance. And for those of you who ha- didn't see it for some reason, on what ended up not being the game-winning play for the Chiefs, there was an offensive offsides penalty that negated a very, very fun-to-watch Oh, heck yeah. Play Travis Kelsey lateral to Kadarius Tony. Tony ran into the end zone. The stadium erupted. You know, Chiefs just got the win. I think there was about a minute left. There was a minute yet left, yep. So it's it's basically over. That was all the hype. And then it gets called back for offsides. A lot has been said about should the refs have warned Tony? Uh, no. Should Tony have checked with the refs? Yes. Did he check with the refs? Mixed reports on whether or not he actually looked the ref's direction. And I get when people are upset saying, you know, they hardly ever call offsides. Just because they hardly ever call it doesn't mean it's not a rule. Yeah, that's totally it. It's an often overlooked rule. And it is something the NFL has pushed a little bit. In 2021, there was one offensive offsides called the entire season. 2022, there were two. So it was basically a non-existent penalty. But this year they have called it 11 times already, and we still have a month of football left. Part of me is like the Chiefs are the ones that are making the offensive offsides famous. We saw it in the opening game of the season. when There was the million false starts and offensive offsides and lining up in the neutral zone. Yeah. Chiefs yep. against Lions. It's famous because of your team. And to a certain extent, I'm like, okay, Generally, refs do warn players. They don't. They don't let them line up offsides most of the time. And players are trained. They practice checking with the ref right. before every play. Right. So he didn't check with the refs. And yeah, maybe the refs could have done him a service by saying, "Hey, Tony, take two steps back, back up." But they don't owe you that. And yes, it's nice and it's even common occurrence. But that doesn't mean it has to be done. Yeah, and Richard Sherman, his take was, as a defensive player, he's like, they don't warn us if we're offsides. Right. So why do wide receivers expect special treatment? I think part of it is because wide receivers, they're the ones who check in. Defensive players, I don't think, really check to see if they're lined up incorrectly. But still, I'm like, it's kind of like holding the door open for somebody. Yeah, Yeah. I'm supposed to, and I'm going to 99% of the time, but I'm not obligated to hold the door open for someone behind me, and they don't have the right to be upset at me if I didn't. Yep, that's fair. They can think I'm a jerk if I don't, but that doesn't change anything. Right. Like, I I don't know you. We're not friends. I don't, I don't need to hold the door for you. I don't need to tell you if you're breaking a rule that you're paid millions of dollars to know. Yep. 
And speaking of millions of dollars, it's not going to be millions, but I expect that Mahomes and Andy Reid will both get yeah. fined pretty heavily, um, probably before we even get this podcast on the internet. Probably. A dramatic ending to a very pivotal game. Obviously, the Chiefs now don't have a lock on their division, and the Bills are still alive in the playoffs. I'm not loving yeah. their odds. I think the Chiefs will still win their division, and I think the Bills probably still miss the playoffs, but hey. Yeah, in the last several years, we have not seen an AFC championship not be an arrowhead. It's true. It's probably right, not happening this year. No, right now it's going to be in Baltimore Yeah, unless things drastically fall off. The other place that we thought it could be was Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, but the Dolphins lost Dropped Miami, it. Lost a home game for the first time this season. And a couple other bigger losses in the game. They lost their center. Connor Williams tore his ACL. He's out for the year. And that's a big thing. And I, we'll bounce back to that. Tyreek Hill left for more than half the game with an ankle injury. He yep. did come back and finish. But if if he misses any time, I, the, it's, a, it's a very different team. I was pretty shocked when he came back to that game because not only did he come back, but he came back without any tape or anything. He didn't yeah. add extra padding to I that know. ankle. So that's peculiar to me. It must have felt really fine and just he cramped or, really or something. Yeah, maybe. Uh, just you put like, enough. You, you can get enough drugs in your system to not feel it. He's probably feeling it now. But you'd think that a trainer or something would not allow that to happen. Yeah, I wonder. I definitely wonder how much authority a train like as a trainer, if there's no actual structural damage, it's just, hey, you could end up doing damage if you keep playing. And your superstar player says, meh, I'm going to go anyway. But I, I think back to, we've talked about the quarterback special on Netflix from last season. I think yeah. back to Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. The trainer says, we're taking you. We're doing an x-ray real quick. If you're if the x-ray comes back yep. negative, you go back in. Yep. Then Andy Reid doubles down and goes, Pat, just go get that freaking x-ray. Like, yep. go, come right back. If you're good, then you're good. Yeah. And maybe Tyreek did. Maybe that when he was you know, at the halftime or when he went back to the locker room originally and they decided it's not actually damaged, it's just you just sprained your ankle, you can play through the pain. Um, we'll see if he is out there. And, and even not at 100% is going to affect how the Dolphins run things. He is such a pivotal piece to that offense. Yeah, yeah. I just The no tape thing is really what shocks me. That That one surprises me a bit. Yeah, I was I was surprised. But on losing the centerpiece, that is a bigger loss than I think most teams or most fans understand. Sure. And cer- certainly more than we actually understand. But it came up in the Manning cast where it was kind of a joke, but the guests asked Peyton and Eli, I suppose indirectly, you, you become very familiar with your center uh, and his rear end as a quarterback and he kind of threw out a sort of rhetorical question of do you think you could identify your center's butt blindfolded and Peyton and Eli without skipping a beat go absolutely they didn't flinch and Peyton's like I could pick Jeff Saturday out of a lineup 
10 times out of 10. And it it's a little TMI, but there's something there where there's a familiarity. You know, yeah. You don't you don't have to look. You can just operate. I don't want to go too off the rails with operating by feel, but you know where your guy's going to be and you know how he's going to snap it. You know how that ball is going to hit your hand. And all of that disappears when you lose your center. Yeah, and part of me is reminded of back in the day when Peyton Manning had I, he may have still been on the Colts, but Jeff Saturday had just moved to play for the Packers. Yep. He went back onto the field during the Pro Bowl. They allowed him to play for the AFC team so that he can snap the ball to Peyton Manning one more time. Yep. There's like a level of brotherhood there that it's just Absolutely. like, all right, I'm comfortable with you. You're who can do this the way I like it. Yeah, let's go after it. I mean, if you spend a decade grabbing a dude's butt, you're pretty yeah. tight. I don't yeah. Just- is it is what it is and it will I mean, be proof it, is in it, the pudding it will impact the dolphins losing the center he's also usually responsible to call out the shifts and coverages for that offensive line so we'll see losing tyreek potentially and losing the center i'm curious to see how the dolphins respond going down the stretch yeah yeah we will find out it was kind of another case though of the dolphins losing a game that we thought they would dominate or at least be in, they still lose games all the time that we think they should win. Yep. Pretenders? Question mark? Yeah, that question mark is starting to fade a little bit. Yeah, I think it's in bold at the moment, maybe underlined in italics, and next week it's going to be a period. We'll see. A team that we thought was dead, though, and really thought should just lie down and die, the Cincinnati Bengals are seven and six they thump the Colts Joe Burrow goes out and Jake Browning says so what we got this are the Bengals still a legit team to beat or eh, it's been a fun story it's Josh Dobbs 2.0 and they'll fall off in a week I don't think it's Dobbs 2.0 but I do think that they're not relevant like if that team makes the playoffs who are they capable of beating in the AFC in the playoffs it's a good point it's a good point. It's something to watch. But a guy who has not fallen off at all, Joe Flacco, is elite. No. It, that's what you're supposed to say. I don't know. No. That's no. The, that's the phrase. No. No. Joe, Joe Flacco is elite. Joe Flacco has played good football for two weeks. I watched him win a Super Bowl, and from that day forward, I decided, you know what? You bet on yourself. Good for you. Joe Flacco is elite. No. All right. All right. Here, here's the real deal. Joe Flacco, the last two weeks, has played really good football, good enough football that the Browns, with a very good defense and some All pretty time. decent weapons on offense, yeah. are going to win some games. He's been great these last two weeks. But allow me to rant here for a moment. Not, not that real-life football has a direct one-to-one correlation with fantasy football, but this has some type of correlation, okay? Not all great NFL players are great fantasy players. Not all great fantasy players are great NFL players. I'm looking at you, Sam Howell. Howitzer Howell. But as an example, the best season in Joe Flacco's career ever, and it's not close. He's only ever thrown for over 4,000 yards once. It was that year. In 2012, they won the Super Bowl, 
real football, awesome result. Yep. Let's look at it compared to his peers. So his ranking compared to other quarterbacks in the NFL, fantasy-wise, that season, he was quarterback 14. His best ever by a significant margin is by definition mid. Sure. Uh, Talk to the hand wearing a ring. No, hey, I'm not denying that he (laughs) won, but so did Trent Dilfer. Shout out to Baltimore. Shout Shout out out to Baltimore. Baltimore. And shout out to the Ravens. They are the number one seed in complete control of their destiny right now. They are the Super Bowl favorite in the AFC um, right now by ESPN's metrics. The Ravens have a better than 99% chance to make the playoffs and a current 55% chance to be the one seed. On the NFC side, it's very similar numbers for the Niners, 59% that they are going to be the one seed. It's starting to settle a little bit with the AFC. It's Ravens, it's Chiefs, it's Dolphins, it's Jaguars. All over 90% going to make the playoffs probably by way of winning their divisions. And then the Browns with Joe is elite Flacco <laughs> are almost certainly a wild card team. They're at 80% getting in to the playoffs as the wild card team. The rest of the AFC is wide open. The Texans, the Bills, the Colts, technically still Broncos and Steelers all have a shot. But they're playing for one spot. Right. NFC side, it's the Niners. Like we said, Eagles and Cowboys are both getting in. Yep. Lions are in and probably win their division. As of now, the Vikings are number six. And then the Packers are sitting as the final wild card spot. And then the actual worse odds than Vikings or Packers as wild card is the entire NFC South. They're so bad. It's just a it's a toss up. They are all sitting between like thirty five and forty five percent that they make the playoffs, which is the same percentage that they win their division because one of them has to win it by default. That, but it it doesn't matter. It's whatever. Part of me hopes that it goes down to like the nineteenth tiebreaker. Yeah, no, it'd be great if it's like on the most ultimate technicality. Yeah, like by a literal coin flip, the Saints win the division. You know what? I hope it's a literal, it comes down to like a statistical tiebreaker and your starters, I I don't even know how the tiebreaker works when you get that far down the line, but I hope that the Buccaneers or the Saints make the playoffs in a tiebreaker over the Falcons that essentially boils down to Arthur Smith did not let Bijan run and that's it. Falcons are out because of poor utilization of starters. Tough. I don't even know if that's a thing. I just, it would be penance. I think that we should have, similar to college football, an NFL playoff committee that can just executively decide none of the NFC South gets in. Forget that. Let's go full European soccer and just relegate it. They're gone. Yeah. They're out. They don't even get to play in the NFL anymore. You're now an XFL team. Well, Featured in this year's college football playoff is the Atlanta Falcons. You know, like something like that. <laughs> Hard knocks back to school. Yeah. 
Yeah, we'll we'll find out. We're getting eerily close to playoff time. There are clinching scenarios for several teams this week and next week. We're finally getting a good look at uh what's really going to come come of uh this season. Yeah. And the only team that is a absolute lock for the playoffs is the San Francisco 49ers. They are the top team for both of us in the power rankings. I have Niners Cowboys, Ravens Eagles, and Bills leapfrogging the Chiefs just slightly after the head-to-head win. Uh, it looks like yours is similar. Yeah, yeah, pretty darn close. I've got Niners, Boys, Eagles, Ravens, and then also the Bills. You and I yeah. both have the Dolphins, Chiefs, and Lions falling out of our top five, but they are our next three in whatever order. Yep, yep. And like we mentioned earlier, the Panthers and Patriots are at the bottom. They are both officially eliminated, so there is mercy in football. Um, and then I, we both have the Commanders as the third worst team. Yeah, yeah, tough luck for those guys. In this week's North Report, I'm higher on the Packers than you are. Probably something to do with the fact that they beat my favorite team. I've got the Packers as the next best team in the NFC North at number 15, followed up by the Bears. They have moved drastically this year. Just shout out to the Bears going all the way from 32 in week like three up to the mid-teens. Good and season still for them. And going to have the number one pick. And still going to have the number one pick. Yeah, what a what a great season for them to build on. Still don't know about the Montez Sweat contract, but he's making moves. I've got them at number 16. And then the Vikings, you won, but like you won 3-0 to zero against ugly. a bottom 5 or 6 team. Yeah, no, I, you're down. You're down for me. Down bad. I've got down you at 24. Bad. Yeah, and I got Bears, Vikings, Packers actually back-to-back-to-back, 18-19-20. And it, for me, it really just feels like a, a toss-up. They're all kind of the same. The Lions are the best team in the division, and the other three, any given Sunday, are decent or not. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. The only reason why I've got the Vikings down further than the other two is because they don't have a real quarterback. It's valid. It's a valid concern. Yeah, if if it weren't for that, then they'd probably be back-to-back-to-back just like you. Well, we'll see if the Vikings can uh, get a quarterback probably on sale at Kohl's which is a Kirk Cousins specialty. Yeah, yeah, he's got Cole's cash burning a hole in that pocket right next to the millions of dollars he swindled from the Vikings. It's a big pocket. It's a big pocket. A very, very large pocket. Good for you, Kirk. Good for you, Kirk. With that, I think our office hours are officially closed. That's the end of the AD's office for week 14. Yeah, thanks for hanging with us. Make sure to follow along on Instagram and Twitter at the AD's office. And as always, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Share this with your mom. See ya. Thanks for joining us in the AD's office. Tune in next week as we take you through our takes on the NFL.